Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. want me to get out and direct you? Uh, direct. No, I have done this a thousand times. Uh-huh. Okay, so just straight that's back. Right. Yeah, that's false. Yeah, jackknifed her. Hey, guy, is that your first time backing her up? He's done it a I've, thousand I've times. I've done it quite a few times. Hey, Thanks. I remember my first time. Son of We got a crowd now? He's got a 12-pack with him. I got this. And I'll be out here to yeah. help direct you. I don't need you back there. You kind of do. Nope, that's... I'm not going to make it. I got to try her again. Yeah. You're not doing anything. You want to go guide me? Give me some hand signals, please. You got about football field. Come over About a thousand scotches this way. Where do you want me to go? Let me give it a try. I'm just going to be over here. You've done it a thousand times. You don't need me. I'm weighing over my head here. Good morning, Swim World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, May 14th, and this is the Drop Podcast. Hashtag full squad. I'm Jay Skeets rolling with Mr. What You Need to Know, Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tassie. You got the Top Shot Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, hey yo. yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, the banana slammer himself, Lee Ellis. Friend. Mm. <clears throat> And last but not least, making the magic happen is JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live here on a Friday morning. Please continue to like, comment, and subscribe. Huge thanks to everybody that joined us last night for our happy hour charity drive. We raised over $11,000 for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. You guys were amazing. So thank you to everybody that joined us live, that donated. We had a blast with our guy Sam over in the UK, kept him up till 5 (laughs) a.m. Because we were, you know, doffing top hats to each other and doing some funny awards. And we had a blast last night, dropping coins on our heads. I I got a slight concussion, I think, from dropping a lot of (laughs) coins on my, my noggin there. But hey, we hit those crazy goals, had to do it. So thanks again to everybody. That donation link, it's actually still in the, uh, in the YouTube comments for not only that show last night, which you can go and watch and have a blast with, but all of these shows moving forward, at least for the month of May. I think that's right, T- uh, Tass, is that it's it's good for the end of the month, so people yep. can still donate if they want to? Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So go do that um, if you uh, you know couldn't join us live and you want to give some money to a great cause, uh, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Keep your NBA questions and comments coming for the next Beach Steppin' Podcast. Email them in, nodunksattheathletic.com. Tweet them in at nodunksinc. And finally, immaculate items always available for sale over at nodunks.com. How's everybody holding up? I mean, it was a, it was a fun <laughs> and wild night there in the happy hour. You guys all sound oh. quiet right now, if I'm being Dad's honest. tired. Dad's tired today, Skeety. Yeah. No <laughs> doubt about it. I was like Sam as soon as uh, that show got over. We were talking backstage. He's like, I'm buzzing, man. I felt the same way. You know, you can't just turn it off and go to bed mm-hmm. like that. I had to watch some dumb stuff on YouTube. See a guy make uh, two different kinds of breakfasts, you know, at 1230 in the morning. What you going with, the American or the full English? <laughs> 
fully. Oh my God. I can't even talk at <laughs> this point. All I know is it was a fun <laughs> night last night, and we're back in the morning. I saw four morning poops is here in the stream team. This guy doesn't miss a trick. I'm loving it. Shout out to four morning poops. A huge donation last night. I don't know if you guys followed through on uh, your part of the deal mm. with regards to the morning poops. But we're at least one down. Oh, if you know what I'm saying. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm two in the bag already. Here. Oh, I've had a lot of coffee this morning. Yeah. yeah, I doubled up too. So <laughs> <we're Great>. <laughs> Five morning poops. Great. Yeah, baby. All right. Uh, and uh, before we move on, too, make sure you go check out the final What You Need to Know, uh, Tass and JD. You said you got up to 92 of these mini recap episodes, and you guys did incredible work uh, since back uh, starting it up in January there. That little like 10, 11 minute recap videos. But the last one was this morning, uh, Tass and JD. So congrats to you guys. And I know you guys had like a little army yourselves there uh, every morning joining you guys live as you uh, caught everybody up on the, on the big games and the news and stuff like that. So kudos to you guys. And uh, I guess you're going to get a little bit more sleep. But are you really? Because now we're just going to be up late at night, <laughs> super watching the games extra close because, of course, the playoffs, you know, a little different in the regular season. Sometimes you can tune out for the later games and catch them in the morning. But are you going to oh, get, more we will get more We will get more okay. sleep. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's no question. Having to watch a lot of basketball. Actually, it was good last night after uh, the live stream ended. There were still some games to watch. There were yeah. still live Blazers Suns yeah. to watch. So that was perfect. Couldn't come down right after it, uh, but had to watch that. Uh, so, yeah, J.D. and I will definitely be getting more sleep. No doubt. Or, J.D., yeah. you're going to be taking in every minute of every playoff game, <laughs> then waking up oh, at yeah. 5 and, and mm. talking about it. Nah. No thanks. Nah. Yeah, so we'll, be, we'll be done with that for uh, for a while. Yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of fun doing a fun experiment the last four months. And, yeah, solid Army in the mornings. And uh, thank you to everybody who tuned in. It was a blast. It was a blast getting uh, doing that little format because, you know, sometimes people can't absorb a full hour of ridiculousness, right. but they can take in <laughs> 10 minutes. It's true. So, there we go. Give a little bit of uh, everything for everybody out there. Okay, well, let's get to the big uh, games and news from last night here as we head into the final weekend of the regular season. We still don't know much. There's a lot up in the air, but maybe the... Highlight from last night, besides our charity drive, was the Miami Heat's Udonis Haslam, TK, getting ejected three minutes into his debut. <laughs> he got a standing ovation, comes in, scores some buckets, and then gets into it with Dwight Howard, and he gets tossed. I mean, it was literally perfect. This is some of the most baller shit imaginable. <laughs> Udonis Haslam played three minutes in a blowout, and it was the story of the night. It was a busy three minutes, too, for Udonis Haslam. Four points, including a baseline 16-footer that you only shoot if you're an old big guy. Like, nobody's taking a baseline 16-footer, but Udonis Haslam came in for the first time this season, knocked one down. That might be the only baseline 16-footer made this entire season. He got a rebound. He took a charge. He tried to take another one. He started beefing with Dwight Howard almost immediately, even before... The ejection, Dwight eventually throws him to the ground on a box out. And you could just see Udonis Haslam sitting there in the middle of the floor. He's like, oh shit, here we go again. <laughs> Goes back down the court. UD gets up in Dwight's face. He's pointing fingers at him. I think he touched his face with his finger. Two techs and an ejection all in three minutes. Ugh. According to ESPN stats and info, Udonis Haslam is the only player in the past 20 years to play in only one game and get ejected for it. He's the real life Happy Gilmore. I'm the only guy to take my skate off and try to stab somebody with it. Amazing stuff. 
Eric Spolstra said, this was my favorite moment of the season. Just excessive passion, competitiveness, and anger. Just love it. Basically saying, Udonis Haslam is our temper boy. Udonis Haslam said, it's a great memory. If this is the last one, I finished it the only way Udonis Haslam could. With an ejection. At the end of the day, I am who I am. I can't change now. My stepmom texted me right after the game and said I did the right thing, so I have no doubt in my mind I did the right thing. Baller! Personally, I am blessed to have seen this happen live. Had no idea what was happening. We're setting up for happy hour. I got the show on mute there. Saw Udonis Haslam wearing the Vice Versa jersey. Is this really happening? Is Udonis Haslam actually playing? Did he ask to play this game because of the jerseys? And just like that, he gone! Yeah. Amazing performance from Udonis Haslam. Unforgettable. And it's weird too, right, Lily? Because like Dwight really didn't do all that much. He sort of like just did the old classic, old, like pulled the chair on him, so, so to speak. Like he didn't, like you know, he didn't throw him like Reggie says on the broadcast or anything like that. It was like he just sort of got him and he had him stumbling, but that was enough to uh, upset Haslam. And then you know he had some words for him and he's pointing at him and Dwight's gonna come back and. And it was just a strange moment, if anything. Yeah, and and uh, Don, uh, Haslam didn't even really deserve to be ejected either, I didn't think. I mean, it was more, okay, hit him with a tee, that's what you kind of do. But then to get thrown out for that, I thought, was uh, a bit much. So maybe I, I think he... it's the finger touching the face. Yeah, but even so, still, yeah. is that yeah. an ejection? I know these days things seem, tend to get, um, you know, happen a little bit. But see that, like, Dwight didn't do anything <laughs> I didn't really. think nasty. All right, got to go fight him. Yeah. I mean, Dwight, <laughs> Dwight, Dwight is incredibly strong still. And I, it's more like just the sort of uh, the momentum and the yeah. timing there it's rather than Dwight doing anything silly but then yeah he comes down the other end and, and Udonis has just that angry old man in the gym who just wants to fight someone and uh, Dwight's good enough so yeah sure I'll just go with Dwight I know Dwight will bite Dwight won't ever be able to resist <laughs> so uh so he does that. So, yeah, it certainly sounds like this is the end of uh, Haslam's playing career, which, honestly, it's been extended by about five years anyway. But uh, he's he's regarded as a legend, of course, down there in Miami. And Spolstra and Pat Riley like him on the team for not obviously what he does on the court, but in the locker room and around those other guys as a leader. Although, I'm not sure this was the strongest leadership quality. <laughs> I know. To, it's like, to, should uh, we be, like, applauding this and praising this? Exactly. I mean, I it's, it. it's, it's, it's more kind of... Haslam, yeah. Yeah, it's more kind of like, how can you just go out there and get that? Anyway, the point... Point being, though, that uh, within that Heat sort of culture, that he's a sort of player who's been there. He was undrafted. He's from Miami. So he's got all that sort of uh, history there with the Heat. Of course, he's been there for all their championships. Uh, and they just love him for what he does. So uh, it certainly sounded, uh, you know, Trey sort of mentioned there some of the things I was talking about that um, they haven't made a final decision, but at some point you're just going to have to move on. But obviously I expect him to stay in the front office or on the bench as an assistant coach or something like that. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> crazy to see Udonis, Udonis Hasman come out. Amazing. I mean, Rashid Wallace, I think, has got the quickest ejection in history for that 90-second job in New York, but uh, wasn't his only game of the season. Yeah. That's what's different here for Haslam. But, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty crazy stuff stuff to happen this season's just so wild man <laughs> anything to add to this Tess? well if he does go and and become part of the front office i hope the front office greets him like they greeted him when he came onto the floor they gave him a bit of a standing ovation pat riley stood yeah, up uh-huh. and gave him a standing ovation as he entered the game this is game 80 of the season i'm sorry game 70 game 70 <laughs> of the season and Udonis Haslam is making his first appearance of, of the season. It's just nuts. And I do think uh, that the Heat absolutely love this in the locker room. Uh, Eric Spolstra adores it. Yeah. I, think, I think Eric Spolstra looks at UD uh, you know, as, a, as an extension of him. The entire team 
is a scrappy bunch. That's how they got to the finals, and he just wants this to just roll over into the final and roll into the playoffs. This is exactly how he wants them to play. And that's what they did against Joel Embiid last night. I think the biggest thing that come from this game on the floor outside of uh, UD being UD and being sort of the hashtag heat culture embodied on the floor is that they took away Joel Embiid in this game big time. Multiple guys had their eyes on Joel Embiid. He only got to the free throw one one time. He was invisible out there because they made him invisible. They, they had three guys... Uh, a double coming, a triple coming, and it just shows how important the other guys are going to be in the playoffs. Uh, the, it, the Heat defense is special, but this could be a second-round matchup. Uh, the, the Sixers are going to end up with the one seed, but it, it, it lays a bit of a blueprint on how Joel Embiid is going to be played. A lot of guys looking at him and ready to pounce, and Joel Embiid's got to just make up a decision, just go through guys. But uh, the Heat are... Are, are sort of the perfect kryptonite, and UD kind of embodies it. Like, you just need multiple bodies against Joel Embiid. And uh, I, I want to see how Embiid reacts to, mm-hmm. to all those guys because, yeah, there was – in the mid-post, you know, usually teams will say, okay, you take, a, take a mid-ranger, but they also had a guy underneath ready to double. And so, you know, that kind of slowed down Embiid. And uh, the bigger thing was, like, uh, the guy up top is ready to dig down. He was, like, a step away from the guy who's uh, on top – Above the break, you know, ready to shoot a three. That defender was ready to come down. There's multiple guys ready. So that's uh, it's, that's Joel Embiid's challenge here as a number one guy and as an MVP guy going into his first postseason, uh, you know, as that type of guy. He did it last year when, you know, he didn't have uh, the supporting cast. Now he does. Now they're a number one team. They'll clinch it this weekend. That's his challenge. Well, let's talk about that race for four, five, six there in the East because the Heat defeated the Sixers. That was big. The Hawks defeated the Magic, and then the Knicks defeated the Spurs. So all of those three teams that are trying to decide who's going to have home court advantage in the first round, who's going to play each other in the first round, and who's going to be then the sixth seed, they all won, Tass. Um, so how is this going to shake out? I don't know how if, you, if you've you really crunched the schedule here and looked at the tiebreakers, but like, what's your gut say at the end of this weekend of like who's hosting that first round series and who are they playing? And again, who's going to be the sixth seed of those three teams? Well, here we go. Uh, the Hawks are going to be the four seed. They just have to win their last game, uh, and they play, uh, I think it's the Stinky Rockets that we're seeing in the, the NBA. Rockets, yeah. So yeah. they just have to win. Right. And it's, a, it's surprising to see how good they've been at home, <clears throat> considering you know, we live down the street from that arena. It doesn't feel like they've won 10 straight there and are 18-2 and two in their last 20. Uh, hmm. it just, that just doesn't seem right. But uh, this team has seriously got it together. Uh, and the way they play, and uh, everybody on that team kind of playing the role. John Collins taking a little bit of a step back, even though it's a contract year. Trey Young getting everybody involved, obviously super important. Bogdan Bogdanovich coming into himself, Nate McMillan giving him sort of the keys to to shoot whenever he wants. Clint Capella mm-hmm. happy to be back in his Rockets role of just dunk and defend, dude, and he's doing it super, super well. So uh, that the, 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 I'm not sure which one of these three teams is the scariest Um Mm. Uh, like the, the Heat have the p- potential to go the furthest, uh, but the Hawks now are going to get home court. Uh, and that kind of leaves the Knicks as the, the odd team out. They're probably going to be starting on the road. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know how uh, Trey feels about their starting lineup because, you know, he, he dropped a dropped a real good reference. Tom Thibodeau started Keith Bogan's 82 games several years back. Now he's starting Alfred Payton. And that just feels like, that has to change. Even if it's Frank Nielakina in the starting lineup, it's just they rely so much on Julius Randle, 
and then Derrick Rose coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, Trey, would you think they have to change the starting lineup to to take some pressure off Julius Randle? Because even though Randle came through last night and beat the Spurs, man, that guy, he's got he's got so much pressure, and so does and so does Derrick Rose. And I know RJ Barrett's going to come through, but I, I just wonder if they make a change. It ain't going to happen. Uh, Derek, uh, Keith Bogans, during the 2011 season, when the Bulls had the best record in the league, started all 82 games in every single playoff game for the Chicago Bulls, and then he was out of the league literally the next season. But he started every single game, usually would only play the first few minutes yeah. of the first half and then would never come back. Maybe that's what happens with Alfred Payton because uh, Derrick Rose can't play 40 minutes a game, so I think that's a, a problem for the Knicks because Tibbs is definitely going to rely heavily on him. So I don't know if you can steal five minutes a game, literally five minutes a game with Alfred Payton. I think that that's sort of the game plan. It gives you the defensive intensity theoretically out there. I mean, I if I were the Knicks coach, I wouldn't be starting Alfred Payton. But having followed Tom Thibodeau as a head coach, he's going to start Alfred Payton. Uh, there's just nothing to do about it at this point. We're too far into it. They're both wearing number six. I think that was the problem. Tom Thibodeau saw it's like a, a number six defensive player who can't shoot. You're Sign in. me up. Yep. Throw them in. You're, start, yep. you're starting. You're getting a couple minutes in. You're, yep. <laughs> you're getting in here. Yeah. I mean, what do you think, Lily, at that? I mean, I don't see why you would. Yeah, I'm with you, Trey. He ain't going to change now. I mean, this is Tibbs we're talking about. And also, why would you really? If it, if it works, it sort of works. I mean, I'm not, you know, it sets. I guess they want to set the tone defensively there from the jump. Uh, and, and Peyton does help with that. I hear you. It could be Neil Aquina, too, who does a, a similar role. But what do you think, Lee? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And that's what's working so far for the Knicks. Uh, This is fascinating, though, these last games here to be played because there's so many little storylines here. Because right now the Bucks, who are in third, uh, would have the tiebreaker over the Nets. But, of course, if they go into second... uh, No, actually, no, no, no. They want to avoid... Oh, man, i got this Holy all mixed up now. Man. Okay, yeah. you keep looking. Let me, let me jump in. The, Hawks. Thing is, the thing is, the Bucks right now, um, if the Heat lose and fall to six, they would have to play the Heat in that first round, which I don't think the Bucks want to do. So the Heat have... Uh, uh, oh, I don't know. I've lost it now. I completely lost it. But the Knicks have the Hornets, so they're probably going to win that game. Um, and the Heat actually... Have Milwaukee, I think. Holy shit, man! Ah, oh, man, ah, oh, man! It was too much. Too, I was up too late. Late too. Oh, no, yeah, too late yeah, last yeah, night. Yeah, too, too late. <laughs> it was like eleven o'clock, man. I don't even know how you're standing. No, right it was now, later man. than that, man. Oh, it was, yeah, it yeah. was midnight. Yeah, oh. I went. I went to bed, and my Sebastian was in Mum's bed. I had him set up in uh, in in the other uh, spare room, or in Oscar's bedroom, but he'd snuck into uh, the big bed with Mum, so I had to get him out. He didn't want to go. Uh, anyway, hey, um, let me help you. Out. Let me just yeah, help you. Out. Yeah, yeah. Miami owns the tiebreaker over the Knicks. Okay, so if all three That's of these teams—the Hawks, the Heat, and the Knicks—you know—are all tied there at the end of the regular season, it's going to be Hawks. Like Tass said, if they win, they're the fourth seed because they win their division, the Southeast Division, and then the Heat would be fifth because they got the tiebreaker there with the Knicks. So you're right. The weird part is the Heat have two games left, and one of them is at Milwaukee, mm. and there is this weird thing of like we've talked before. Milwaukee probably doesn't want to see the Heat, but they're so they're still like in jockeying for second or third seed there. But it, they don't really know who they'll end up playing there if they are the third seed, because it's possible the Heat could be the fifth seed and, and not the sixth seed. It's a weird thing, and they finish the Heat do with a game on Sunday uh, at Detroit. But if just two of a trio of Atlanta, New York, and Miami are tied at the end of the season, just two teams, there's like this weird tiebreaker situation where Atlanta wins the tiebreaker with Miami. Miami wins the tiebreaker with New York, and then New York wins the tiebreaker with Atlanta. But that's only if 
two of the three of those teams uh, are, are tied at the end of the season. Yeah, so it's probably going right. to be, though, Hawks four, I think Heat fifth. And then it looks like the Knicks will be six. That's what. Yeah, that's but, what I think. But let's say, but but because the uh, the Hawks have that division tiebreaker. Yep. Even if they're tied with the Knicks, who have the tiebreaker over them, the Hawks still get the four seed. No, no. If the Heat are also not tied with them, it was like similar thing was going on with the Dallas Mavericks. If the three teams are tied, then yeah, there's like this this um, you go to the to the division title. But if it's the two teams are tied, right? In this scenario, you said Hawks, Knicks, and let's say the Heat don't have the same record as those teams, two teams. It's not the division title; it'd be the head-to-head situation. Oh, so then the Hawks aren't guaranteed a fourth. I mean, they're if guaranteed they a fourth well, because they're going to yeah. win. They're going to beat the yeah, Rockets. That's gonna what's going to happen. Rockets. No, but, but the Knicks can still tie them if they win out. Uh, yeah, as long as the Heat are also not tied with them as well. <laughs> Does that make sense? Honestly, I think I have that right. If yeah. the three teams are no, tied, that's what I'm sa- yeah, then we I'm go saying. to the so division that- title, and it's the Hawks. But if the Heat have one, you know, less win than the Hawks or the Knicks, and the Knicks, I should say, then yeah, New York wins the tiebreaker. Crazy. Why do we even have divisions? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's why I assume if the Hawks and Knicks were tied, that the Hawks would get there because of their division win. They don't. If the if the Heat are if the Heat don't have the same. Okay, forget about the Heat. Forget about the Heat. Just talking about the Hawks and the Knicks. That's what I'm telling you. That's an absolutely important part. It only goes to this weird division title tiebreaker if there's three teams <laughs> tied. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. You all right, TK? No, I don't brain. give a shit about tiebreakers. <laughs> Honestly, what I don't do care. At, I don't care because they're going to play these games. It's going to turn out, and then at the end of the season, they're going to have a list of the standings, and we're going to have our playoff things. It's like, I don't know. What do they say? Don't count your chickens before they hatch. Don't figure out your tiebreakers before they're tied. Oh, okay, <laughs> I don't mind that actual saying. That's pretty good. Uh, the the well part is here as we head into the final weekend. It's we've played ninety eight percent of the season, and there's only two teams I believe actually in their spot. They can't move. So Spurs, they're the tenth seed mm-hmm. in the play in tournament in the West, and it's the Celtics who are the number seven seed in the East. They can't move. Wow. That's it. Every other team, in theory, could move around now that's interesting trey kirby you gotta admit that's pretty that's pretty crazy and your bulls of course are even still alive here oh yeah they're still alive i'm a big dean wade fan again tonight relying on the cleveland cavaliers to knock off the washington wizards can they do it absolutely bulls still alive with two games left to play what do you think lee they're gonna make it i think that means the wizards have to lose both then i guess is that right yep yep uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't know who the Wizards are playing. I just feel they're going to steal one. They got the Cavs tonight. I don't know what their I don't know uh, what their last game is here. Cavs. Is that a back-to-backer then for the Cavs? Uh, I don't know. I mean, the Cavs have won one of their last 12. So <laughs> yeah. that, that's not great. Right now, though. Yeah, Kevin yeah. Love is on fire. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's, let's yeah. get out of the East, uh, you know, four, five, six spots there. It is confusing with the tiebreaker situation. Let's go to that crazy game, the finish from last night. Devin Booker's free throws. Help keep the Suns in the mix for the number one seed and the Blazers falling to sixth. Again, here, as of Friday morning here, uh, Lee, take it away. What did you think about the foul call, man? Uh, yeah, it was a foul. Uh, Powell got Devin Booker on the arm, uh, mm. so no problem man. with that. But you sort of really have to wind back a little bit here because it was just a wild ending. And the Blazers, if they won this game, would have secured a non-play-in tournament spot, which was huge for them. Mm-hmm. And they were tied with a minute 32 to go. Robert Covington goes to the loneliest place in the world, makes it his friend, knocks down a pair of free throws. Blazers take the lead. Down the other end, Dario Saric gets fouled. He splits a pair. Suns down one. Blazers get the ball back. CJ McCollum misses a floater and then fouls Saric, who goes back because the Blazers are in the penalty to the free throw line. Saric clunks both. The Blazers still lead. Then Lillard goes down and scores, puts the Blazers up three, 35 seconds to go. Basically home. They're home, aren't they? Surely. No, they're not home at all. Because then Mikhail Bridges gets fouled. That's a foul. He makes both. Then Damian Lillard goes down the other end. Ten seconds to go. The Blazers still up by one. And Lillard clunks a three. No doubt about it on that one. But then the Suns have the ball. But then Devin Booker turns it over with a double dribble travel sort of thing there. Looks like Mm. he tried to sort of say, you know, the ball was dispossessed. But they got the call right there. He definitely traveled. Mm -hmm. So the Blazers have the ball and they have possession. They're up by one. With five seconds to go, Robert Covington gets fouled. He's just made a pair. I just told you he was at the loneliest place in the world and he made it his friend, and he clunks a pair. So the Suns have a chance to win, and that's when it goes to uh, Devin Booker, who gets fouled by Norman Powell. Blazers challenge. They didn't like the call, but it was a foul. Devin Booker knocks him in, and then it still wasn't over because uh, CJ McCollum gets the ball. He, now, he went backcourt. He should have been called for a violation, but I think they just said, oh, who cares at this point? Let's just end this game. But he missed the shot anyway, so the refs were saved from that one. But the Suns pull out the victory by a point, and the Blazers lose another one-point game, uh, an absolute heartbreaker. But practice those free throws, kids, because oh, yeah. this one was just a wild, wild end there that uh, no team wanted to win at the end. But... Yeah, so on initial, on first look, I thought Devin Booker didn't get fouled. But oh, replays. yeah, when you're just watching in real yeah. time, I was like, yeah. there's no way that's a foul. Yeah. Then you, but he of reaches course, in. see other replays, other camera yeah. angles. And you're like, okay, yeah, there's contact. Yeah. He, he reaches in, gets a foul, and then he has to step to the line where no one wants to be in that last uh, 10 seconds, and he knocks him in. So well done to the Phoenix Suns. They keep their hopes alive of, of potentially holding on yep. to that number one spot for the Blazers. Like, oh, could have been. Could have just put them into safety, but instead they've got to keep on fighting now. Yeah. Tass, what do you think of the uh, call there? The decision by Stotts to challenge ultimately was sort of big because then they didn't get it overturned, so they lose the timeout, and then they couldn't advance the ball, right, with uh, a couple of seconds there. Though Stotts was saying they added time, and he was like, well, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have challenged if that was the case. You know, it was this big thing, but what do you think? Well, yeah, after getting through all that tiebreaker business, let's get to the best game of the night. This is definitely the best game of the night, and it was wild going down the the stretch there. Uh, I just think they have to change this play-in tournament rule. Uh, I don't think we need to have a play-in tournament for the seventh and eighth seeds. 
Because now we're not going to see, uh, you know, one of these guys, whether it's LeBron, Anthony Davis, or Damian Lillard for a, a, a full series to start this thing. Like, one, one team, uh, it, it's fine to play for the eighth seed for me, but I want to see Damian Lillard in the playoffs. And now, after this loss, there's a good chance that Damian Lillard uh, has to go into the play-in tournament. And, yeah, he can make it out and all that, but uh, I don't know. I, I just think... I just think, let's play for one spot. I think that's enough. And, yeah, going down the stretch here, yeah, Terry Stotts kind of got screwed. Uh, he said that uh, 0.9 seconds was uh, was sort of a threshold for him where he would challenge. And then, you know, he, he, that was his desperation uh, attempt. But if there was mm-hmm. 2.4 seconds left on the clock, like the refs added after they didn't overturn the call, uh, then he may have just played it with the timeout, they advance, and they have another shot. Because Damian Lillard, and, and why I talk about the playing tournament, is he's playing like Dame against the Thunder a couple of years ago in the Bye Bye series on both sides of the floor. I think we had that, that little hiatus last year where uh, they, they got screwed. They had, a, they had a long season. Then they went to the play-in tournament after, after the, uh, the COVID stoppage. So we didn't see that Dame, but now we're seeing that Dame. He had 21 points in the fourth quarter in this game. 21 uh, because he was taking off-balance shots. He was, he was nuts. And this Blazers team has been playing so, so well. They're 9-2 now in their last 11. Uh, and, yeah, it went down to, uh, to a couple free throws with uh, some ticky-tacky fouls all over the freaking place. Uh, it was kind of a, a draining end there. Uh, after a deflating end, uh, after a great fourth. But, man, Dame is, is ready to take this team deep uh, if he can get there. But now I really think uh, as he goes and plays Jokic on, on Sunday, uh, there's a chance, uh, a good chance, that the Lakers take the Blazers' spot. If, if uh, Denver beats the Blazers, the Lakers just got to take care of their own. And then Dame's in the tournament against uh, Steph most likely in the first game. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because the Nuggets are still playing for something, as I pointed out, because everybody's still playing for uh, playoff positioning here, that they want to, you know, get to that third seed, keep the third seed. Um, so maybe they'll give it a best effort, right, against the Blazers, because otherwise you might have one of these things where it's like, well, Denver's got nothing to play for and shut down Jokic, get him some more rest, shut down so-and-so, and then it's an easy Blazers win in theory. But that maybe won't be the case. We'll see what Denver does. What do you think about Tass's comments there, though, Trey? Like the idea of, like, do we need this for the seventh and eighth seed? Should it just be the eighth seed to play in? Like, what's your what's your take on that? I'm loving it because I like that it gets the top six to want to actually sort of move forward and focus on that, as we've talked about endlessly here on the podcast last couple of weeks. But what do you think? I guess I didn't realize Tass was such a big Blazers fan because that's a homer mm. kind of take. Now that Damian Lillard might be in the play-in tournament, we don't like the seventh and eighth seeds playing for it? Curious, Tassie. <laughs> I think the play-in tournament has been awesome. And as we're going to get to here in a little bit, we've still got a play-in for the Mm play-in tournament. So, I mean, yeah, uh, the the Blazers need to win one game if they're in the play-in tournament. That's the same as anybody. So, in a one-game scenario, a lot of people are taking Damian Lillard. Even if he's going up against Steph Curry, it'll be tough. But uh, I don't know. I think it's exciting. Uh, you have to have these opinions while the playoff seeds are in the air, as Stan Van Gundy would say. <laughs> <laughs> Write the complaints while the seeds are in the air. Yeah, I, I, I still I want the best of both worlds. So you can still have a playing tournament for the eighth seed. It's just, it's just. listen, you go and lace them up for six months every single freaking day. And then at the end of it, even though we're 10 games above 500, we can just be eliminated in one game. Uh, it's just it's just. You know, I'm trying to find the balance here. It stinks. It stinks for the six months that you put into it, uh, and then you you get bounced. So I'm just trying to find it. Yeah, obviously it makes the uh, the end of the season more exciting. Yeah, we played uh, 70 games. It's going to be 80 games next year, and then 
Yeah, we can be eliminated in a single game. That was fun. Well, no, you can't be eliminated in a single yeah. game if you're the seventh seed. You do get two chances at you it. You get two. I, yeah. I apologize. Right. 82 plus two instead of 82 plus one. You're right. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Lee? No, I think it's been great. I really do for the league because uh, there is so much uncertainty still this close to the playoffs. And I think this is really the idea of it is you mentioned there the only two teams can't move. One is the 10th seeded San Antonio Spurs and the other one's the Celtics. So there's so much uh, possibility that could still happen over this last weekend, which is what the NBA wants. They want that excitement. You don't want to be coming into the playoffs kind of like, uh, like we have done in the past where it's like uh, it's a bit of a foregone conclusion we've sort of seen these matchups unfolding for the last couple of weeks we still don't really know who's going to face each other so that's good for the league I think and uh, you know I think the success of it down in Orlando last year with the Blazers and the Grizzlies you know it was great and that's given the NBA the encouragement to say all right well let's expand it and, and see what's happening and it doesn't mean it's going to be this way forever but uh, I think while you've got something that worked you want to try to make the most of it and uh, and that's what they're doing so you know I mean the fact again like the Bulls and the Wizards two, two teams that have kind of been you know up and down this season are still a chance to play and they still want to get into that tournament I think that's the, the the idea here for the NBA is so that people don't just write off these teams. Now, obviously, we don't expect those teams to come in and really do a whole lot of damage, but it still creates the excitement, which is what this whole idea is all about. So I, I enjoy it. I think it's been fun. So the Suns still have a shot at the number one seed, by the way, and into the weekend here. And I said the Nuggets and Clippers, they go into the weekend fighting for the 3-4 spots. And, of course, we got the Blazers trying to stay out of the play-in. You know, they lose to the Nuggets and the Lakers win those final two games, like Tass said. Then that puts Portland back to seventh there. They have a chance still at the fifth seed, Portland does. They're a game back at Dallas, but they need a Mavs loss to either the Raptors, who obviously have mailing in this season, or the Wolves in one of their last two games. So lots to... Uh, Lots to watch here, and I'm not going to bring up tiebreaker situations in the West. I don't want to upset my man TK at all. I'm not going to count those chickens <laughs> at all. Um, but let's. The get... last thing I want to say about this game, yeah. uh, at the very end, I think it was Robert Covington who was throwing the inbounds pass, right, for the Blazers. I think it went to C.J. McCollum. Usually in these scenarios where you have, uh, like, no play, basically, right? They had two seconds. They had no timeouts. It's usually like, um, like a Grant Hill chuck to Christian Leitner, you know, three quarters of the court. Robert Covington threw, like... The hardest bounce pass I've ever seen. This guy rocketed it like 50 feet as a bounce pass and like went underneath arms and legs yeah. and stuff and actually got to CJ McCollum. You don't see that very often. That's it's usually point. the chuck and that gives people a play, uh, chance to make a play on it. It seemed like uh, Covington kind of caught the, the Suns off guard by going off the floor. I wonder if that's something players should try more at the end of the game. Mm, hadn't thought about that. McCollum yeah, ultimately didn't game. get the shot off, did he? I, no, like, yeah, I, I, I know it so. wasn't dropped. Oh, it was mellow. It was mellow, uh, thanks to okay, uh, there you go. a fella. <laughs> it was mellow, thanks to a fella. <laughs> K-L-V-P-H in the stream team. That's hard to just, like, roll off the tongue. Sorry, bud. Yeah. Change your, uh, change your uh, YouTube <laughs> username there, bud. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, final game that we want to touch on here from last night. Uh, Dylan Brooks scores 30 as the Grizzlies overcome the Kings, 116-110. couple takeaways from this. Trey, I've been on a lot of Top Shot podcasts over the last couple of days. I keep getting asked as we head into the playoffs, who's going to be like this version's Tyler Hero, who obviously went nuts in the bubble last year. His Top Shot prices skyrocketed. Sure. That's a difficult question. Like... I mean, I just keep coming back to guys in the playoffs for the first time, but they're like more star players, like a Devin Booker, a Trey Young. I did say Bogdanovich is maybe sort of like a potential to be like a, a bubble hero, if you want to call it that. But what about Dylan Brooks? Let's get crazy. Could Dylan Brooks like 
pop off in a in a big playing game or two for 30 or 35. It could happen. The guy gets hot. He also gets ice cold at times, but uh, just put him down there. Uh, add him to the list of uh, potential guys who could maybe have like a, a, a performance or two to uh, shock the world or get everybody's attention. But felt good about Valanchunas. I uh, had him on my all-NBA fifth team as my center on yesterday's podcast. Came through once again, 24 and 13. Big game from JV. Almost wonder if I have him too low at this point. But that Grizzlies win, this is the big takeaway. We'll get to the Kings in a second. But the Grizzlies win sets the stage for a Sunday showdown. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday with Golden State for the eighth seed. This is awesome. The teams split their two games earlier this season. So this is the final game, of course, between the two. It's the third game. It will decide things here. They have an identical 37 and 33 record. And even if the Warriors enter this game against... The Grizzlies, with a one-game lead, a win by Memphis on Sunday gives them uh, the advantage because they would have the tiebreaker. So, very excited that the play-in, like you said, TK, it's starting almost uh, a day or two earlier with deciding who's going to be the eighth seed and then who's going to be the ninth seed, which is, which is great. All right, Skeets, I just uh, dipped in here because I had to see what did Dylan Brooks do in the play-in game last year? 20 points on 7 of 18 shooting, 4 for 5 from 3-point line. Hell yeah. That's not bad. He could be a bubble hero <laughs> if you want. Uh, what would you call it? Play in Brooks? I don't know. <laughs> Do or die Dylan? Something oh, like that's that. that's not bad. Yeah, I don't know. He's a streaky guy, but, uh, you know, they've got this game against the Warriors. Then they'll obviously be in the play-in tournament in some form or fashion. It's at least two games. You probably are getting one good Dylan Brooks one there, and, you know, he's going to be playing physically, uh, defensively as well. Sure, talk me into it, buddy. I'm, I'm all for it. And, yeah, it's going to be exciting to see uh, a play-in game for the play-in tournament, like John Schumann called it on Twitter last night. Very similar to uh, Timberwolves versus Nuggets uh, a few seasons back. Mm-hmm. Only this one is, you know, a little bit a little bit less stakes, I would say, but uh, I don't know. Getting to the eighth seed, that's going to be nice because one win is a lot easier than two wins. Yeah, for sure. So that goes down on Sunday, that uh, the Grizzlies-Warriors game. We also found out, remember we were talking about, wow, the NBA is going to put all these games at the same time, basically, in a three-hour window on Sunday from 12 to 3 it was. Well, so much for that. That's, that is not happening. Uh, they, they got some pushback from... Uh, from the teams and the doctors tasks and said, no, we're not doing that. For some of these squads, it would have been a really quick turnaround with some of these back-to-back situations. So it's a little bit more spread out on Sunday, which I guess, I guess for the, uh, if you want to see a lot of the games, it's maybe better, but it does lose that uh, like soccer yeah. relegation sort of Tiles. window we've talked about before there where everybody's playing at the same time, but I guess it makes a little sense. There was going to be some quick, quick turnarounds. Yeah, and guys were going to start at like nine o'clock yeah. local time. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's why they got pissed. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, that's usually when we're going through our stretching. That's before our nap. That's before we get to the arena. So that's it makes sense to me why you push it. I, I I don't get this like this chaos window. I get yeah because everybody doesn't know where they're ending, but you can still do that later in the day, mm-hmm. like they like they do every. Wednesday, the final Wednesday of every year, but they're not doing that this year. Why is that the case? They're kind of spacing them out all, all over Sunday. Probably just because it was on a weekend is the yeah, answer. Probably. It's like they don't want yep. Sunday night games. Uh, you're right. It's usually on a Wednesday night when the regular season ends. That, that's my guess, at least. But uh, yeah, not doing that. You're going to have basketball all weekend long. This is a crazy weekend for, uh, for hoops. We got the uh, um, Basketball Hall of Fame ceremony 
the, mm. the 2021 that was delayed, of course, because of COVID with Kobe, Kobe, excuse me, and KG and Duncan and Tamika Catchings and all that going in. WNBA season tips tonight. We got all this, all these games to try and figure out in the playoff matchup. My God, Lily. This is you heaven, to man. Play basketball too. Yeah, we're hooping this weekend too. Yeah. We're play, hell, we yeah. might play some spike ball and basketball this weekend. <laughs> let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. Let's live a little, man. We're vaxxed to the max. Let's go, buddy. Um, Jess, I got to ask you. I meant to do this before the show. Are the Kings involved in Worst of the Week at all? Nope. Okay. Well, let's get to the wow. Kings really quickly. Yeah, I thought they might be, and I forgot to ask you. But I want to talk about Sacramento very briefly here because. They had a chance to, by the way, still stay alive last night with a win over Memphis because the Spurs lost to the Knicks and the Kings were like like the Bulls, you know, technically still alive. They had to win outright and Memphis closed the game with a 12-0 run and goodbye, Sacramento. So for the 15th straight season, the Kings will miss the postseason. That ties the NBA record set by the 77-91 Clippers for the longest in <laughs> NBA history. It's wild when you think, especially Tass and JD, the last time the Kings were in the playoffs was the first year we started this podcast. <laughs> think about that. We started in 06 January, and that would have been the 05-06 season is when Sacramento was in. So we, we started the podcast. We were probably talking about the Kings in the playoffs for that one year, uh, and then they haven't been back since. That is actually amazing in this type of league where it feels like every team Tass makes the playoffs. That's a good point. Yeah, when the Kings made the playoffs in 06, I thought they'd be there every single season. In fact, I said that on episode 005 <laughs> way back when. Yeah, this is the beginning of a new dynasty. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nuts. The Kings have had 10 head coaches during this drought, yeah. Lily. Uh, Sam Quinn from CBS Sports, he pointed out some notable draft decisions from this period. Um, Kings fans, maybe uh, do the earmuffs right here. Tyreek Evans over Steph Curry. Bismack Biombo over Clay Thompson, Thomas Robinson over Lillard, Ben McLemore over Giannis, Nick Stauskas over Zach Levine, Willie Cully Stein over Devin Booker, Marvin Bagley over Luca. That's just the tip of the iceberg. I actually cut out a lot of them. Man, that's rough. I know you can do that with a lot of teams, but especially for the Kings here. One King has made the All Star game during this drought. Trivia question Who was it? Demarcus. There you go, Lili. Yeah. I thought you'd get that yeah. one pretty easy. And, and they traded him at the All Star game, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, it's, nice. it's just a wild, wild <laughs> run here that it's 15 years. That is a long time. 2006, Twitter was born in 2006. Lee, can you name the number one movie in 2006? We actually talked about the type of hat on last night's charity drive. That's a hell of a giveaway. <laughs> the type of hat. Yeah. I learned a thing uh, about this hat, actually, when we were talking. Uh, yeah. like, like the Russian hat? Is that, no, is that the one? not Russian. It was wow. a tricorn hat. Oh, oh, was it Gangs of New York? <laughs> no? Uh, no, who wears the tricorn hat? Oh, um, Pirates of the Jack Caribbean. Sparrow. That's right. Oh, Pirates ah. of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. That was the number one movie? Well, I mean, on some list I saw, uh, yeah. Uh, like, it didn't win the uh, Oscar or anything like that. But, uh, uh, was that the first one in the... Because there's four. Is it four in Pirates of the Caribbean? Somewhere. I don't know. I don't yeah. know, Lee. Uh, Night at the Museum is up there. Cars was up there. Ah, yeah. You know, the right. first one. This is 2006. Lee, uh, I also looked up the top Billboard, you know, Hot 100 singles right. of 2006. I was shocked that this was the number one song, again, according to Billboard's top Hot 100 song of 2006. Can anybody name it? I'm pretty sure this guy was a one-hit wonder. I learned today he was Canadian. I had no idea. 
It's Alan, uh, Robin Thicke? No. Was it him? No. Not a bad guess. Uh, okay, you know what? I'm going to hum you the song, early. and you try and tell me Here we go. the artist. Ah, you had Dan- a bad Daniel day. Powder? Is yeah, that yeah, guy's name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that was that guy's name. Bad oh, day. No, that was not a bad ones. day. Yeah. Your team is the Kings. They're not going to make the playoffs for 15 years. Wow. <laughs> Great tune. <laughs> you had a bad decade and a half. Um, yeah, that was the uh, number one song. Uh, Tass, you'll like number two. I've seen you dance to this jam. Temperature by Sean Paul. Ah. <laughs> oh, classic. Uh, yeah. Then we have Promiscuous by Nelly Furtado featuring Timbaland. You're wow, beautiful. Canadians rocking Blunt. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, you're beautiful by James Blunt. And then Lee, oh, <laughs> one of your favorite songs. Can you guess it? You love this Mar- artist. Uh, Mariah Carey, We Belong Together. Nope. Uh, uh, I, I, it's a. I love this. A beautiful artist. woman. Uh, uh, Rihanna. Rihanna. No, um, no. Oh, she Beyonce. Was no, no. Uh, you like what to... other beautiful women do I know? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. he's talked about this beautiful woman before, for sure. Oh, uh, 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 hips don't lie. Uh, what, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. With uh, Wycliffe Jean, is it in that? Is Wycliffe. Wycliffe jeans. Wycliffe Argo shorts. Baby, when you talk like that, it just makes a woman go mad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so shout out to all the Kings fans out there. Okay, let's get to worst of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, the worst of the week. This week's Worst of the Week has nothing to do with the NBA. Hmm. It's us for uh, quite a hodgepodge of a performance on Wednesday's Beach Step-In episode. It was a wild, herky-jerky, non-professional, just a nutbag of an episode. And JD put together the highlights, or more like the lowlights. So have a listen, have a watch. Well, he also he mentions Ken's French fries. That it's a, was a famous... Uh, um, <laughs> uh, I, I, can't think of, I can't think of the word right now. What do you call the uh, trucks that have food in the food truck? <laughs> food <laughs> These are the type of fries you eat with a fork. They give you that. I give you that cute little uh, spoon fork. Remember those? A spork. Yeah, spork. Eh, it wasn't really a spork. No, no. I will not. I will not accept spork. There was nothing spoon-like about it. It was a fork with a little wooden fork. <laughs> with a little, little wooden spoon. What? No, no, you cannot spoon anything with this thing. Maybe ice cream. You said it was a spoon fork. I didn't know. You, I, you said that little like spoon fork. What? I said a spork. I didn't say that. But I'm still holding on to my butt coin. You know, the Jimmy Butler cryptocurrency mm. yeah. for anybody who wants to work hard and be the man. I bought it back in 2011 pretty cheap. Hey, when did you buy that? 2011? Is that what you said? <laughs> everybody in the stream team was like, did he say 2011? Did I say 2011? Yeah, you did. I heard it too. I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> what, did this place start in 2011? Uncle Fred? Is that oh. you? Hey, there it is. <laughs> Jim Beam is here. 
Hey! Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Anyways, we're such sellouts. We're already, already putting out the Jim Beam. They, are we even sponsored? Yeah, why, them, or did we on, just does get anybody bottles? know why we got sent a bunch of Jim Beam? <laughs> TBD to be announced or whatever. That, who knows? I don't even know if they've paid us yet. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, we are just like, we can't get anything right today. TBD to be announced. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Didn't hold know on, if I, I was going points there. here. Let me shake them. <laughs> there you go. There you have oh, it. That's just the man. smattering of the crazy moments oh. from that show. TBA to be determined whether or not that will be a, a classic or we'll go down in Laura's just a, a bonkers episode. Yeah, oh the mailbag episode from Wednesday if you didn't catch it. Yeah, that almost doesn't even get across how insane that that podcast was. I yeah. mean, those are great highlights. Great job there, JD. But uh, you know, there's the whole part where Lee's just leaving the stream. He's got his, <laughs> his doorbell going. Yeah, I mean, it, it was wild right from the jump. Right from the jump. Uh, so yeah. we got worst of the week to end the to end the regular yeah. season. I like. Yeah, that. I didn't I didn't include the the doorbell going off because you know it's just the doorbell going off. It's not that nuts. But Lee had to get up because yeah. it was a special delivery. It wasn't Uncle Fred. He was worried maybe Uncle Fred, my normal mailman, <laughs> something happened to him. I yeah. gotta go see. Let, well, let go. something something did happen to Uncle oh, Fred uh, a couple what? of weeks ago. I, uh, I went to get the mail and his truck was there and I thought I'll go and say hello to him and he was sitting down in the van like like hunched over like that and uh, I said I said well, I call him Jeff now because I know his name uh, when I'm with the boys we still call him Uncle Fred I said uh, Jeff Jeff you okay there and he's like oh yeah man I just hit my head on the on the, there was a bar in the uh, in the mail thing I said well are you okay and he was kind of dazed there I said yeah. I, do you think you need to go to the doctor there, Fred? And he's like, or oh, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, uh, uh, how many he's fingers? Like, no, no. Uh, yeah. Do you remember your name? He's like, no, Such no, friend. I'm good. I'm good, man. So he, he, he got up and he, and he, and he just kept on uh, working because he's a trooper like that. But uh, yeah, I was, I was wow. really concerned. I've never seen him sort of not with just great energy and, uh, and full of life. And uh, yeah, it must have been a serious blow. But yeah, I've seen him back a few times. He's great. He's looking great again. He always daps up everyone, including the boys. Everyone loves him. He's, uh, he's great. Good. Thankfully, he didn't go to the hospital because you would have had trouble finding him. I'm looking for Fred. Where's Fred? No Fred here. Looking for my uncle. Uh, uncle Fred. He's great. Yeah, I guess they have the bar in between the front and the back, right, that they probably yeah. hang on yeah. to and just... Swing on back there, and maybe if you make a mistake, that that bar is just right just there, ready him, for yeah. your noggin. Those yeah. old uh, mail trucks, man, they're tanks too. Uh but this is this is not that old. It's oh. uh, it's 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 a fairly modern vehicle, actually. So um, yeah, maybe he just wasn't used to it. You know, maybe that was it. <laughs> maybe that was it. Yeah, uh, should be. Aware Someone's saying we need a selfie of Fred and uh, Lee. I've got one. Yeah, uh, no, don't worry, he's already got that. <laughs> 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 okay, okay. Let's uh, let's not get crazy here. Let's keep yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah, keep yeah, this. Yeah. Let's, let's keep tracks, charging. Okay? Let's keep charging. Obviously, you have a picture. You took a picture outside of his mail truck at some point. Hopefully, he upgrades to one of those cool ones that looks like a, a Pixar. Yeah, a Pixar vehicle. Those are coming. A bit right? Safer. It sounds like. Yep. Yeah. In the, yeah. In the yeah. future. Good, right? good. Good comment from Jared Dryden. That vehicle is from 2011. Team. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did you find it, Lee? You want to show it to us? Yeah, now? I have. I have. Have. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. As always, things go slow when you need them to move fast. But where is it? Okay, Lee. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you talk to me about? Well, I should say, we've been running this ad all week long, this uh, Death at the Wing podcast, right? And uh, you've dipped in, you said. 
and you're loving it just like Tassie was yeah yeah, because technically I was born in the 70s, but, you know, I really came alive in the mid-80s. Uh, that's when I fell in love with basketball and the NBA. And uh, anyone who's familiar with our podcast knows that I grew up in Australia and getting access to uh, highlights was difficult. But when I finally got hold of the 87 All-Star Game on VHS, changed my life. Because the, ni- the NBA in the 80s had it all. Glitz and glamour of the Showtime Lakers, led by Magic Johnson, the effortless beauty of Dr. J, Julius Irving, and, of course, we had the bad boys Pistons breakthrough. And some say still that the Boston Celtics had perhaps the greatest team ever assembled when they won the championship in 1986. So for me, the new podcast out right now called Death at the Wing, hosted by Adam McKay, uh, the writer and director of The Big Short, great movie, Vice and Anchorman, uh, is great. Because despite all the incredibly great moments and stories that happened in that decade, there was also a darker side to the league too. And McKay is joined by some of the journalists who lived through those times to take you deep into some of the tragedies that occurred. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the biggest one being the high-profile death of uh, Celtics number two pick in 1986, Len Bias. Some thought he could have been perhaps the best rival for Michael Jordan. Uh, you know, obviously a tragedy. But McKay explores how and why this happened and what it meant in a broader sense for what was unfolding in America uh, in the 80s. And, and that's the part of it that I found fascinating. This wasn't... Um, you know, the, the, there's so much more to it than just all of a sudden guy just went home and overdosed and died who was the number two pick. There was it was something else happening in America. So, uh, it, you know, it's, it's a bit of a heavy listen, but it's, it, you know, it's a basketball podcast that, um, you know, stays on the rails a bit and doesn't end up uh, wondering what you call a truck that has food in it. So I really <laughs> uh, encourage you to go and listen to it because it's really well put together. So search for Death at the Wing wherever you get your podcasts uh, and start listening. All right. Mm-hmm. There it is. Comes uh, yeah. highly recommended here from the No Dunks crew. This past week, to uh, the latest episode, Chuck D, who I'm listening to on the Shattered yeah, podcast, so am I. was, yeah, he was the star uh, star guest along with Bomani Jones on Death at the Wing, and they went back and forth about the culture in the '80s. So that was a badass episode. Uh, I will say, yeah, Len Bias. What I, I didn't uh, remember about uh, was that he wasn't into hard drugs, whatever. Hmm. He wasn't part of that '80s, uh, the, the cocaine epidemic. But it happened to him one night, two days after being drafted, enjoying himself because he thought, as he said, I'm a horse. I can take it. And he had one terrible, terrible, terrible experience. Uh, And and there it went there. Yeah, it was. uh, And uh, Adam McKay gets into the snowball effect of everything that happens afterwards and the trickle down effect. Uh, But uh, it was a, a great, great listen. And yeah, there's one more episode. So I'm. Looking forward to that uh, this week. And uh, they continuously still talk about George Mikan and, and what a wild man George Mikan was back in his day. Every episode, even in the credits of this past roll episode. Roll the clip, JD. Roll like, the clip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. So go check uh, for Death at the Wing, the podcast. You can find that wherever you listen to uh, probably no dunks. That's for sure. It's NBA playoffs time. And that means NBA snack time. I can't stop eating while I'm watching. So many options in my house that I got to cut out a bit. I got to switch it up, but I know I'm not giving up. Sunflower seeds? Sure. But maybe something that's not a food for that oral fixation? Perhaps? Good thought. Here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and more enjoyable. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. 
Its taste is surprising. All natural stuff. It's fun to fidget with, and it's a good weight. The wood feels good, and it feels cool to use. Start the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash dunks and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners to the show 10% off when they use our code dunks to help make starting the good habit that much easier. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Okay, tweet of the week. Tweet of the night. You know what I mean. Mmm. Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Tweet of the night goes to Yanis Satetokounmpo. 40 points. One of them on a huge jam. And as he came down from the jam, he landed. And he flexed as hard as he possibly could. And the photo... Uh, of him flexing <laughs> is a good one. And, and so uh, it's him flexing. It's him sort of uh, kind of craning his neck forward, uh, really straining. And he took to social media afterward and he added the caption to this photo. I almost pooped. Poop emoji. Yeah. Uh, and which, is, uh, which is great because it surely looks like. Uh, a very strenuous <laughs> oh, situation. Oh, God, I hope that's not how he's taking poops. Never know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, never know. not going well. No, not a good case. one. Not, no. Definitely not a good one. It's, oh. not a, it's not a four-morning poop situation. It's more like a one-week poop uh, <laughs> type, of, uh, type of strain. But then, friends of the program, Dude Wipes, chimed in with a, a reply. <laughs> <laughs> we got you covered, is what they said back Literally. to Yanis. <laughs> and, and Yanis, he loved this photo so much, he didn't just put it on Twitter. He put it on Instagram too. Uh, he he must have loved this photo a bunch. You don't. I, I follow him. I think on every platform. I don't really see him cross platform this way. So he must have loved this. Usually he's a one medium type of guy. Uh, but uh, him and his uh, girlfriend Mariah announced that they're having their second baby uh, very soon. So uh, congrats to them. She's congrats. pregnant with their second child. Uh, and. When he brought that up, uh, he brought the pooping up. Uh, I, I could see his son Liam in him. They they look very similar, and uh, I just think about my kids and when they poop. And it's you know one of the great experiences of being a dad, seeing a kid strain, really squeezing out a poop. You know, you just feel. I feel it. I empathize. Get it out, kid. Get it out. Uh, it's such a great experience. I'm sure, as as you dads know, it's just 
the best part. I mean, you guys are past that stage. You know, you guys are all done with the straining poop face. But, Our uh, kids are done pooping at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see an update, though, uh, to, you know, there's that classic kids book, Everybody Poops. Throw in a page at the end, even two-time MVPs. Yeah. You know, throw that flexing picture. Sometimes it's hard for all of us. Oh, mm. man. He is jacked, eh? Like, when you see a photo like that lately, holy mm-hmm. moly. Oh like, I, I know he's a giant dude, but when he's got every single muscle rippling yeah. there as he's screaming because he's dunking all over guys last night. Mm. Um, yeah, anything to add to that great photo there from and caption from Giannis? Well, it's like the meme of that kid in school, isn't it, where he's holding on because he's sitting next to the girl. That's, uh, yeah, that's kind of that's that's what I thought. I think I Trey dropped that meme uh, yesterday on me after my All NBA teams. <laughs> yep, yeah, furious guy trying to hold it in. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. Mm-hmm. All right, shout out to Giannis winning tweet of the night. Okay, we're almost done here. We do have some rapid fire questions. Let's get to the pickup results brought to you by BetMGM. Though last night's game, Sixers Heat. Philly was favored by one and a half, and they did not win. No, they continue to lose here. They do. I don't know. Do they want this number one seed? What's going on? But I swerved. I took Philly. That's a loss for me. It doesn't really matter here because we've got a nice little race between Tass and Lee at the bottom. Trey's 8-1 because you got it right. You guys got it. Uh, the game correct with the, the heat pick there. So good job, everybody. But we got Trey 8-1. I'm 5-4. and four. Lee's 4-5. and five, And Tass is 3-6. and six. So we're down to the final night here. In terms of our May, you know, mini pick'em. This is it. So we're either going to end up tied or Tass will be given some money to charity of his choice. So let's find out what the game is, Tass. Where are you going, man? Yeah, this uh, this game I don't necessarily care about because I'm definitely donating to the, uh, the AAPI charity that we choose. No doubt about that. I care more about the Toronto Raptors just getting this freaking season over with. They're going into Dallas. They're plus 13 and a half. They're giving up... <laughs> They can lose by 13 points and still cover this game. It's a it's wow. a wild, wild line. Uh, I I just I'm just 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 waiting for the day that these guys can go home, and so yeah. are they. They only have two games left, um, and, and and one of them is key. They uh, you know this this Mavericks one. They Mavericks here. They want to finish fifth. They they yep. want to finish as high as possible. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that weird story. Just as an aside here about Cuban saying Porzingis and Doncic. Don't really get along off the floor. Uh, yeah. I thought that, that was some strange. He was yeah. just on Dallas radio as well, so it's not like I don't know. He knew what he was saying. It wasn't just a, yeah. off the cuff. This is a this is a man who's you know done a lot of media in the day. So I'm just surprised he compared him to Dirk and Jason Terry, saying you know they're good on the floor, but uh, they they had to get to know each other off the floor. And I don't know. Uh, maybe it's because I'm listening to Shattered, but you don't piss off the zinger. I don't think you do that. Anyway, everything seems fine, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to how they, they go into the playoffs. And uh, not a lot of close lines, so I went with this Mavs one. Minus 13 and a half. Lee, you want to you wanna take the, the reins on this one? Yeah, sure. I'm going to be donating as well $500 to the AAPI no matter what happens. I'll take the Mavs. I don't even know if the Raptors, if anyone's playing. And the Mavs kind of need to win, but they don't need to bury the Raptors. So anyway, I'll take the Mavs because I don't think they win by that much. Okay. Skeets, what do you got? I'll take the Raptors, man. Raptors are going to cover this line. Come on. They got some guys that are obviously playing for more opportunity. Seems too big to me. Mavericks will, win. Mavericks will win, but I don't know if they're going to win by like 13, 14, 15 points here. I think it could be a 10-point game. So, yeah, give me uh, give me Toronto Raptors. We're not going to see Kyle Lowry in a, in, a, in a Raps game anymore, are we? It was going to be that Lakers game as his final game. 
Is that right? I mean, he's Probably not playing. Right. Why would he play? He's not going to play in these final two games. That's crazy. To I think. don't think so. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sad about that. But uh, yeah, give me uh, give me the wraps. What do you got, Trey? Yeah, I would go with the Raptors too. I mean, they lost to the Bulls by 12 in Chicago. Now they got to go on the road again. It's tough, but uh, two really bad losses in a row. Certainly possible, but Toronto. Give me Toronto. Yeah, right, this is their NBA Finals. Give me the Raps to lose by 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, or 1. Okay. There it is. Lee, you're the only one taking uh, the Mavericks. I forgot you got that yeah. cameo money that you're going uh, to donate right. some of it. Right. So this is yeah. great. We got two guys probably donating here. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Let's end this drop podcast. Let's end this crazy week in No Dunks history <laughs> with a little rapid fire fun. Take it away, TK. Well, on Wednesday's beach step and it was a wild one. We just showed you some of the classics. 2011 TBD to be announced. <laughs> Lee answering the door, popping bottles. Tass had everybody showing coins on camera. Skeets blessed us with a couple of all-timers. What do you call trucks that have food in them? And this gem. These fork. are the type of fries you eat with a fork. They give you that I give you that cute little uh, spoon fork. Remember those? A spork. <laughs> yeah, spork. It wasn't really a spork. No, no, I will not. I will not accept spork. There was nothing spoon-like about it. I love how offended you are that somebody would even suggest <laughs> a spork. No, it's so I weird because I, I didn't think I said spoon fork. I obviously do in the clip, but I didn't think I said it. I think I wanted to say wooden fork, and instead yeah, I went like spoon a shovel fork. kind of fork. Mm, yeah, I guess so, or whatever you call. It. Yeah. Anyways, the question <laughs> for you guys: Skeets, JD, Lee. What's your favorite utensil, Skeets? Spoon fork. <laughs> spork? No, just a fork. I said just oh, a just straight a fork. up fork. Yeah. There's nothing spoon sp- about the utensil I just said. <laughs> oh, no, oh my god. Oh <laughs> no, honestly, my answer, oh my my answer is uh, straight up fork. No hmm. spoon element to straight it. Up straight fork. up fork, man. Because you can you can cut with a fork. Cuts like oh, yeah. a fork. Uh, <laughs> you don't need a knife a lot of times. I know it depends what's what. You're not, you're not going to cut a steak with a fork. I get that. But a lot of the times, I don't like to, uh, you know, make another dirty dish or utensil when I don't need to. So I'm a lot of, you know, it's like, you want a, you want a fork? I'm like, or excuse me, you want a knife? I'm like, no, I don't need it for this. I'll just use the fork. Just the fork. I just don't want to wash it. Yeah. So straight up fork for it. me. Straight up now Great fork. fork. <laughs> I can keep going. Straight up now fork me. Do you really want to spoon me forever? All right, JD, what's your favorite utensil? Uh, this is going to be very pretentious, but uh, chopsticks. Oh, that's oh. nice. That's nice. Really nice. I love them. Oh. I love any chance I get to use chopsticks. I I jump at the chance. I'm, I'm not great at it, but it's just fun. It's fun to eat sushi or noodles or just like uh, whatever, man. Just and uh, sticky you know, rice fun. is a lot of fun to eat with. Uh, yeah. just chopsticks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cause Cause because it seems impossible. It. Yeah. But, yeah, you know. And then you get to pull the bowl up and and do this. It's great. It's great. So chopsticks. Okay. Do you have like um, real chopsticks? You know what I'm saying? Like a, like a like a metal set or something that you keep. I've got yeah. I've got some like they're they're wood, but they're nice. They're like treated and uh, you're and keeping I them. Wash them by hand. Yeah, yeah. And it's got like uh, a little soy sauce matching thing Ooh. to go with it, and a little. Uh, I don't know what you would call it, but it's it's the little wooden block that keeps it off the table. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like yeah. So yeah, so good. Wow. Great choice. Nice choice. <laughs> Lee, what's your favorite utensil? Uh, is a chef's knife a, knife a utensil? I don't think you would eat with it. No. Yeah, no. I know. It's just I use it for cutting everything because it feels so great in your hand. Uh, what do you got? What are you using? 
Oh, yeah, the, well, it's, what do you mean brand? one of these is? Uh, it's a TJ Maxx special that I picked up, but it's so <laughs> super sharp. But I cut everything with it. Mushrooms, pears, apples. Sounds it just like, feels great in your hand because it just slices it through so effortlessly. Like, but, yeah, it cuts I, I like, like a fork, does it? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, I, I think a utensil is more what you eat with, really, isn't it? Yeah, I asked uh, Nora, like, what should I answer yeah. for this? And she was like, she said tongs. And I was like, yeah, tongs are a great utensil, but I'm like, I don't know if that's where we're going here. Like, yeah, I guess, yeah. I mean, I love a well, good pair I of tongs. I guess they are yeah, utensils, they are. but I was thinking more, like you're saying, yeah. the eating utensils. Yes. Well, in that case, I'll go with the miso soup spoon. You know, that little... Uh, oh, great one. one. Yeah. Good yeah, call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that that's spoon. That's pretty sexy. Yeah. A yeah. big flat spoon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good one. Nice. All right. Also this week, we saw a very strange Phoenix Suns Garfield mashup jersey. Apparently, there is a jacket that matches <laughs> Whoa, this as that's well. that's amazing. Oh, Shout out to Ziggy Starfox who sent in a bunch of these uh, jersey matchup or mashups as well with cartoon characters. I we retweeted them earlier this week. Go ahead and check those out. My question to you guys: Who's your favorite fictional cat, Skeets? Uh, do you remember Baby Puss from the Flintstones? It was the uh, uh, pet. not particularly? Yeah, it, it was their pet. It was the uh, saber tooth cat. And okay. I, I, what I remember is like you always saw. Baby Puss uh, was the name of the saber-toothed cat. You always saw um, him or her, I guess, in the like opening and closing credits, but rarely in the actual episodes. Because yeah. always Ooh. there was like always that little thing, like Fred failing to like put Baby Puss outside. Oh sure. Yeah, and it was always in the in the credits, but you just n- almost never, I think, saw the actual uh, cat, the prehistoric cat, the saber-toothed tiger, in the episodes. It was all the di- uh, Dino or whatever. So. Bit of mm. a cat cameo. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I like that cat. And it's a great name. So. <laughs> great name. Baby Puss. Yeah. JD, Baby Puss. favorite yeah. fictional cat. Uh, I'm going classic. Sylvester from the Looney Tunes. Mm. He's got, you know, he's always after that bird. Never gets him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just hilarious. And Mel Blanc, he's the best. The, the, the greatest voiceover artist of all time. So, yeah, Sylvester. Okay. The cat. Coming back this summer, probably in Space Jam, right? You'd have to imagine. Yeah, I would think so. I think so. Great year for cats. Lee, <laughs> favorite fictional cat? Uh, I'm going with Snowball from The Simpsons. I, I think there's been a few different Snowballs over the years, yep. but uh, yeah, they've made uh, quite a character out of Snowball, so. <laughs> you know. I, I can't believe you're not going with. Um, you love the Smurfs, I thought. Ah, oh, yeah. What's his name? Gargamel's cat yeah. is. Uh, What's oh, his what name? is the uh, Azrael? Yeah, Azrael. Yeah. Yeah. You've talked about oh, that cat man. before. Oh. <laughs> Devastating. There's still time to change <laughs> it. Or um, what about? Um, <laughs> Should we start the podcast again? Let's just start. Austin Powers. Uh, Run it back, uh, Mr. Oh, Mr. Bigglesworth. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was gonna. I I had that at top of my list, and I was like, Nah, I'm, Lee's got to have that one. He's gonna ah, take yeah. that. Well, I I didn't really think of that. I know it is a fictional cat, but I was thinking more of a cartoon yeah. cat. Mm. Uh, yeah. But yeah, ah, Azriel. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> gonna be living with that all weekend. <laughs> Man, it's gonna be tough. We're gonna hear about it on Monday. Our final rapid fire question comes from at Roy is the boy on Twitter. Anderson Wild Thing Verizhao has made a sudden return to the league after a four-year absence. For one final go-around, come on, Andy, big stuff tonight for the Cavs, my Cavs. Guys, what is something from your past that you've recently revisited after being away from it for years? Skeets. 
reading books. Uh, I went a couple years there. It felt like not reading a single book, but I'm trying to get back into it. It started with, uh, or not started, but like this really was a great read. Ben Gulliver's Bubble Ball. We had him on not too long ago. Awesome. Flew through this. Love this book. But there's more. Great Dr. J oh, wait. autobiography. All right. I'm into this one now. Fantastic stuff. Highly recommend so far, at least. Going to take down this one. Bravey. Alexi Pappas. Mm. Uh, a, a Greek ties here, Tassie. She uh, runs for the, um, the, the national team. Um, excited to read this. And then I want to give a shout out to my buddy, Tim. You guys know Tim. Mm. This book is called Coming To. Um, I tried to read one page of this book and I didn't understand a single thing he was saying because he's a brilliant guy. He's a professor at the University of Chicago. I obviously bought this book to support my buddy Tim. Um, but man, is it, it is, it's deep. It is very, very difficult. And I just realized I'm not smart enough for this book. I'm just not. So shout out to Tim though. If what, you, what is it? Yeah, what's it about? Uh, it is about, um, let me hit you with, uh, I'm trying to find where it would be here. Timothy M. Harrison uncovers the forgotten role of poetry in the history of the idea of consciousness. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Focusing attention on a sea change in the English 17th century, when over the course of a half century, conscience made a sudden shift to consciousness. And then it goes on from there. I mean, that does sound cool, right? It does. Oh, yeah. But it's just like, so it's like, oh, my God. I was like, Tim, I don't know what you're saying. You're using words I've never heard. <laughs> I'm stopping every, like, sentence to look up a word. But my, my, my guy coming through with the coming to book. So shout out to him. So that's you're gonna need a You're going to need a knife and a fork to get through that. <laughs> 100%. 100%. <laughs> JD, what's something from your past that you recently revisited after being away from it for years? Yeah, uh... I've mentioned it before, how the pandemic, the second half of the pandemic has not been kind to me. So I've had to break out these bad boys again. <laughs> oh, boy. These are my... I'm not going to say what size they are, but... <laughs> these are my They're pants. big. Really big. Are those Wyclef jeans? <laughs> <laughs> They're Wydecliff jeans. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing better than throwing on a big old pair of pants. Uh, you know what, though? I put them on. I was like, oh, finally, oh, God, I can actually relax because my my current shorts are just like, uh, yeah, squeezing like like Giannis uh, taking a dump there. <laughs> That's how I felt the entire time wearing them. So is that is that why you had your All Star shorts on the other day, JD? A little yeah. uh, looser in the uh, <laughs> elasticity. All, uh, yes, that and laundry day. Ah, right, right, right. <laughs> Lee, what's something from your past that you've recently revisited after being away from it for years? Well, uh, I'm, I'm about to revisit it, uh, I guess, because I used to be oh. a big Jim Beam head. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Jim Beam head. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to do that. But Skeetsy, talk about books. Yeah. Uh, what you, you reading? Know, I went, you know, I went snuba diving for the first time in my life about a month ago. Yeah. Hey, go snuba diving once. Oh. Uh, now look what he's got. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> look at this guy. 100 dives of a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, it's interesting because uh, it's broken up into like beginner, intermediate and advanced, right? Yeah. And so I thought, okay, great. And so I go to the first beginner one, yeah. right? Beginner dives, part one, okay? <laughs> and uh, the second one is a place in Iceland. And it's like uh, you don't actually sort of see too much as far as marine life. 
but you can actually sort of touch two continents uh, at the same time. That's the appeal of it. Okay. Uh, and it says, uh, you know, so it's a beginner one. I'm like, wow, that's pretty interesting. Maybe I could do something like that. And it says, uh, a dry suit and dry suit experience is required. That doesn't sound like beginner to me at all. I don't know what dry suit means, and I don't know what dry suit experience is. So, um, yeah. I'm, I'm sure, sure you can figure it yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, maybe. just read the book, maybe. <laughs> dry suit, I mean, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't quite get it. I mean, you're going to get wet in there. But anyway, that one looks fascinating, so I'll put that one. I'll put that one to the top of my list in Iceland. So, so hold on, uh, you went snuba diving yeah. in Turks and Caicos and then yeah. turned around and bought a book from what appears to be like <laughs> National Geographic with yeah. the top 100 dives in the world. Like, yeah. I think you just jumped from like one thing a little too far to the yeah. to the mm, actual totally. thing of scuba diving. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't actually, I didn't actually purchase it though. It was a gift from a, a friend of uh, Roxana's who stayed with us. She, she was here getting vaccinated. Oh, okay. Well, and nice. uh, while she was here, she was like, hey, because I must have been talking about it incessantly. And so she's like, here's a gift for you. And I was like, uh, okay. I was like, great. So I got a hundred dives to do now. <laughs> wow. Some of them are awesome though. There's like diving through um, like World War II, like um, remains on the ocean yeah. floor and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it's 135 feet down, so I'm probably not quite ready for that. But uh... <laughs> All right. Hey, bring that book over uh, if you're uh, coming to play spike ball with my buddy Grish yeah. this weekend. He'd like to get his hands on that book, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. yeah. All right. I, uh, you want me to bring the green egg, too? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Pack it up? Sure. Why not? Everyone's got to bring something from, qu- from like, quarantine to the uh, to the party. Okay. <laughs> JD can bring his big shorts. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm bringing those shorts, believe me. <laughs> All right, let's call it there. That's rapid fire. That's the drop podcast. That's hang on, hang on. Wait, wait. I've got a photo here yeah. of Uncle Fred. You want oh, to see yeah, it? Jesus yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, totally. There he is. There he is. Oh, Uncle got Fred. a shirt. Yeah, I gave him one of the no dunk shirts. He loved it. Okay, he loved it. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You blasted this on Instagram, man. Very yeah. nice. Uncle Fred, aka <laughs> Jeff. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it for us this week. Please like, comment, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Email us your NBA questions and comments for the next Beach Stepping Podcast. No Dunks at theathletic.com. Grab your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. And if you haven't already subscribed to The Athletic, go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. All right, that's it, guys. Regular season basically in the books. We'll be back on Monday to recap it all. We got hashtag full squad moving forward here now too, which is going to be a lot of fun. So join us Monday as uh, we recap what happens in this crazy NBA weekend. Get some idea maybe of playoff matchups, at least have the play-in tournaments decided to uh, set up and get ready for next week. Going to be a blast. Got a couple more months to go here as the playoffs uh, kick off, but uh, we're very, very excited. So we will see you guys on Monday. Everybody have a safe and happy weekend, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, it's a big year for cats. Like Fred Cats. Not Uncle Fred Cats, but Matt Fred Cats. Because his real name isn't Fred. Uh, he covers The Athletic. He covers Washington Wizards on The Athletic, I should say. Embrace the day and the weekend, people.